everyone. Welcome to episode six of the Misaligned Podcast. I am glad to say that I have both Ashley and Caitlin back this week. So it is all three Hello. of us again after a few weeks. And we have quite a few things to talk about today. We have a listener question, some discussion on band tattoos, another influential album to get through. And right now, we're going to go ahead and start it off with some new releases coming up this week and next week. So for October 16th, we have State Champs Around the World and Back and Chris Walla's Tape Loops EP. Have either of you listened to singles from those or anything at all? Mm-hmm. I know of State Champs. Um, <laughs> I've That's a good start. Chris Walla. I haven't either, but State Champs, I know. Yeah. Well, I'm excited excited for State Champs, because remember last year on Warp Tour, they were, like, the buzz band, they were the band on the rise, Uh they were on a side stage, and then they got asked to play a main stage a bunch of times, and the crowd was packed, like, they drew a ton of people, and that was, like, the band of Warp Tour, I feel like, for 2014, and... I love Secrets, the single they put out for this initially, and they just put out um, the title track from the album, which is an acoustic duet, and it's just, I'm really excited. State Champs puts on an electrifying live show, and I'm really excited to hear this record. Yeah, me too. And since you guys aren't aware of who Chris Walla is, he was actually in Death Cab for Cutie, but, you know, Ah. he's he's not Ben Gibbard, so you don't really know anyone else's (laughs) name. (laughs) <laughs> the name sounded familiar, yeah. but I was like, I don't remember where, so maybe I'm just pretending it sounds familiar. Like, you know. yeah, he now that you say a, Death Cab, it makes sense. Yeah, he had done a previous solo release called Field Manual, and okay. now he has Tape Loops, which is an EP coming out. So I figured I would throw that in there because I know a lot of people are Death Cab fans and may also follow Chris Walla. So I believe it's yeah. streaming over at Stereo Gum right now if anyone wants to check it out in advance of it coming out Friday. And then for the following week, I only have down here Pentimento's I No Longer, which will be out on Bad Timing Records. And I don't know if there's any other releases you guys want to mention. I didn't see anything of note. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's good to see that Pentimento is finally back i guess it's been a while since that last album and i know people Quite a while are really really stoked and of course they're on bad timing and i'm sure it's, it's going to be a good release and i i hope to catch them on tour again too because they haven't been in austin and it's probably been two years almost so it'll be yeah. really good to see them back in action yeah personally i'm looking forward to the carrie underwood album coming out that day but it is not <laughs> in our scene so i figure we can skip over that you do you I will, thank you. (laughs) Um, I wanted to bring up, I know this isn't like, we don't have a release date for this, but I'm like too excited to get a new Panic! in the Disco album. I I saw them live in Austin. I feel like I talked about this in a previous episode, but I saw them live in Austin during South by Southwest. It was not a South by Southwest showcase. It was, in fact, a rodeo. It did smell like poop. (laughs) It was still really fun. And I'd never seen them live, and they put on one of the most memorable shows I've ever been to. It's like a low production show. They're in the middle of, you know, a freaking rodeo. But I I can't stop listening to Hallelujah and Victorious, which are the two singles from this we don't even have a name for it, this album. I'm just I'm just really excited. Okay. I'm a giant scene kid and I just I'm reliving my MySpace days with this Panic Disco album coming out. 
I'm just excited. That's my rant. So how many times have you listened to their single Victorious then? Honestly, a lot because it's one of my favorite car sing-along songs. You know when, like, you find that one song and it's like you just can't not sing it when it comes on? That's me with currently it's The River by Good Charlotte, which is not a new song. It's from, like, 2009. (laughs) Um, But it's about, like, Los Angeles and, like, moving and changing things in your life so it relates to me perfect it's that and victorious like i can't stop singing those songs in my car like a freaking nerd driving to work so to answer your question a lot many, <laughs> yeah, many hasn't times. it been played uh like on football games and stuff too i think much like that i wouldn't even voice i went to um a dodgers game with my office a few weeks ago and they played bring me the horizon they played throne yep. and i was like what? Well, it's like Monday Night Football has been getting like transit and the Wonder Years yeah. the other day. It's so bizarre. Whoever Didn't their music transit like person yeah. is. Well, Super Bowl. I just stopped doing words for a second. Yeah. I'm well, back, y'all. <laughs> I do have some friends who work at NFL Films, so maybe it's them. Uh, that would nice. make sense. One that would make us. sense. One of us. <laughs> I'll say, well, my news for the week was, you know, I went and saw Brand New. They were in Texas uh, this past weekend or past week. Um, I went and I caught their Austin show, which to me was super disappointing. And it was, you know, kind of the, the general let, brand new letdown. Uh, but then I also had tickets to see them in Dallas and drove up to Dallas to see my family. And as soon as they started playing, they opened with Soaker and Moretta Lime. And I was kind of like, wait a second, something's going on. This is like not not the typical brand new opener and they went into a set that was a totally unique set I've never seen before and the past couple of times they've been through Dallas it was kind of like a slap in the face like it was almost the identical set to the past like two or three times they've been there um but towards the end right before Jesse Lacey played um or before the band started playing play crack the sky he like started talking and everyone was like what's happening he's talking to us and actually uh, you know all press not my favorite but uh they did a really good write-up uh Tyler Sharp did about kind of what he was talking about and just that he never talks and that he talked and it was actually really insightful and impactful um it made me cry like a giant baby um but it was really cool to you know to she was just saying I'm so glad I don't have to feel this way anymore um it's a really great feeling I never have to worry about finding someone to date ever again in my entire life so here is to you all to all of you finding that person in your life um so it's kind of like oh this is the best I I cried and my boyfriend was like oh my god (laughs) no shame shame in crying oh no it was so good so I'm all on this but funny the last time I saw them in Austin I cried also when they played um the untitled three from the the fight off your demon uh demos so I was just emotional brand new wreck as always but I thought that was really cool because it is I mean it was something unique and that he doesn't talk on stage and I feel like that's newsworthy for a band that's so just important to a lot of people and how mysterious I guess they can be so that was pretty cool yeah, oh I still God. haven't seen them live. Uh-huh. Every time the they fact- were in California, I was in Philly. Every time they were over there, I was here. Oh, gotta <laughs> that do happened it. to me with so many tours, too. I was like, come on, guys. Got it. You got to do it. It's great. I saw them at Bam- Bamboozle? Uh-huh. One of the, yeah, was it? I think whatever it was Bamboozle. One of those was, things over there. I said the same thing, different names. It's, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever they were doing that thing in Asbury Park in New Jersey. Um I caught, like, the second half of their set, and people, like, because once their set ended, there's no, it's not like, you know, 
a high octane rock concert where, no. where Jesse Lacey's like, "Good night, New Jersey," and like that's right. it. Like it's you, it like dissipated and everything. Yep. Like the lights came back on and everyone was like walking out from the stage and like this like emotional daze. Like what just <laughs> happened? Like it's kind of how I. That's like, that it's means good. you had a really really good time at the show. Yeah. Yeah, and I almost didn't go. We almost sold our tickets to someone else because I was so disappointing in the Austin show. So glad we went. Glad you went too. Definitely. So that sounds like a great way to wrap up our little news segment there (laughs) and go on into our album for this week, which... Ashley, you picked Green Day's American Idiot, which is also one of my favorite albums. Oh, I'm so glad. So I'm glad I picked something that was like, less obnoxious than Beartooth because apparently no one else is as seen as I am you're the scene queen scene queen that's okay it gives us good variety (laughs) okay so why don't we go ahead and start with when did you first hear the album um I first heard Green Day's American Idiot probably in sixth or seventh grade I can't remember which one but it was one of those formative years in middle school my friend gave me a burn copy and I I don't remember like not liking it. I don't remember having to wait for it to like grow on me or to me to be for me to be like, I guess I like it. I just remember really liking it. And um when I was when I was really, really little, my older sister was really into musical theater and Broadway and that type of stuff. And I mean she still loves it. She went to school for it. That's like her thing. Um but I think I was always more drawn to more rock oriented music as a rebellious response to that, you know, trying to be like this obnoxious sister and American idiot, the track the t- opening of the album mm-hmm. that feels like one of the first real instances of punk in my life. I know it's not like the most punk band in the world. I'm sure that's a whole different episode, but <laughs> like when those guitars kick in and in the intro, I'm just like, fuck yeah. You know, like it's, it like pumps you up and it really stuck with me because it has, you know, that brash punk feeling, but also I connected with it on a deep, more like emotional level and those records that kind of find the best of both worlds are so important because i feel like they make the biggest impact on a listener very cool what do you think your favorite track is from that album uh this is really hard um (laughs) all of the songs kind of stand really well on their own but they stand really well for different reasons and i actually um i think i wrote about was it last fall i think it was yeah last fall because uh we did a decade piece for Property of Zach on American Idiot, and last fall, September 2014, was uh, was 10 years of American Idiot, and my question was most important song on the album, and I chose Homecoming, but, like, fuck, I could be so happy answering this question with, like, almost any track on here. Like, it's really hard, because, um, like I said before, the American Idiot strikes that balance between brash, in-your-face, kind of, like, fuck you, punk, and then the holy shit my feelings, oh my god, what's happening? It kind of strikes that balance. So, and there's some tracks that are kind of, I don't even know what this concept really is, but some of the tracks are, like, paired together. Like, they're meant to, be, to like, run one right after the other. Like, Are We, We Are the Waiting, and St. Jimmy, like, they're meant to run into one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, like, putting those, like, slow, emotional, oh my god, my feelings songs, which is Are We, We Are the Waiting, with the brash, kind of, like, upbeat, stick it to the man which is saint jimmy and it's just again it's that balance they did it really really well so i'll stand by homecoming because it's kind of a culmination of everything american idiot has to offer you know it's a nine minute track i think it has five different 
acts, quote unquote, within it. Um, so it, it showcases everything. It's like the sampler platter of American Idiot. But the album itself is really a great journey from start to finish, so that's why it's really hard for me to pick a favorite. No, Fair. that's totally understandable. <laughs> I actually wrote something for that decade piece, too, that you were talking about. I was like, wait, yeah. what, what part did I do? And I actually <laughs> did what the next question is for you. How does the album still hold up today? <laughs> Ironically <laughs> enough. <laughs> I think it stands up pretty well. I think um, just the first thing I think of, of, uh, when I think of American Idiot is, well, I think of two things. One is the album artwork, that graphic hand, you know, holding the heart grenade. I think of that. And then I also think of, like, Billy Joe's kind of uniform for American Idiot, which is, you know, black button-up shirt, black skinny jeans, black shoes, and the skinny red tie, and then lots of guy liner and, like, the swooped hair. Like, <laughs> that's an iconic look. Like, how many times has that specific look been repeated and parodied and, like, you could recognize that anywhere. Like, isn't he, like, a guitar hero character? Like, any, like, I'm sure they do <laughs> yeah. spoofs of him, like, on Family Guy and shit. Like, you know that look. And that album and that look and that kind of, like, brand, a really branded Green Day is kind of, like, their new generation. Because I know they were really famous before. I know When I Come Around and Longview, like, those were, like, really, really popular songs. But I feel like Green Day kind of put themselves back on the map even more with American Idiot. You know, I don't think 21st Century Breakdown, which is the album that followed American Idiot, I don't think that was super great. Like, it was nothing to write home about. It didn't stick with me. I was like, eh, but American Idiot was the ultimate fuck you. And I appreciate that. I was like, Deanna, do you have anything that you want to contribute about American Idiot? Yeah, I mean, considering Ashley and I both wrote part of the decade piece on this for Property of Zack, it's obviously such a big album for us and i think this was i believe the second green day album i ever owned the first being international super hits which doesn't really count because it's just the greatest (laughs) hits of all their older stuff it's another sampler platter we keep coming back to this concept (laughs) yeah and but american idiot was like the first green day album i really got into and then that's kind of what triggered me to go back and listen to the rest of their albums in full to kind of see what led up to that And it was also just such a big political statement at the time that it's like Mm -hmm. not many people knew what to do with this record. They were just like, what just happened (laughs) when it came out, you know? So, Caitlin, has you (laughs) listened to this album prior to it being picked? I have, and I'm going to have to, I'm going to be the hater on this (laughs) end. Not us. Bring it on. Okay. Bring it on, Caitlin. Not hating. Not hating. But here's here's my issue is that, you know, I was listening to Green Day before album came out when it came out i wasn't really interested um and it was more you know i like politically fueled albums one of my favorite no effects albums that i have to argue all the time is um war on errorism which is totally like blasting george bush um george w bush um and it's i know it's not their best album but there's something about that album that i just love and is super gimmicky and i know that's similar to kind of what green day was doing with this album but um i was actually just talking with my boyfriend about this today on our road trip and um you know i think my biggest issue with this album is that the the production is so squeaky clean. And I think for me, having listened to the older Green Day albums before, um, you know, I really love Kerplunk. Obviously, I love Dookie, but, you know, and then this album came out and it was like, it was interesting that you brought up musical theater, Ashley, because I hate musical theater. <laughs> and I do I think, too because I'm sick of it. 
Right. I think, but I think there is like a kind of, I, when you said that, I was like, the, you know, the, just like the high production and the squeaky cleanness of it. Like, that's not what I think of when I think of Green Day. Um, I was really lucky and I got to see Green Day in like a 400 capacity patio um, in Austin not that long ago. Well, I guess, yeah, four years ago is long ago for like a secret show that they did. And like that energy and that sound is what I think of when I think of Green Day. And when I hear American Idiot, that's not what I hear. Like, it's not the Green Day that I've always known. And I think that was a really big turnoff for me. And my boyfriend, his his quote on this album was "blah blah blah, nine minute song next." So yeah, I'm Ouch. I'm kind of uh, I have a hard time with the nine minute songs too. But I think it was more it's more anything for me is just the production. It's too clean. It's too poppy um, for what I was used to um, as far as being you know a Green Day album. So it just well, never again, quite hit home for me. Going back to like the musical theater, like haha, musical theater irony, blah blah blah. Um, I feel like, because it was branded as a rock opera, which was like a right. really foreign yeah. concept to, I think, pretty much everyone. To anyone under that. the age yeah. 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 Um, I've, to me, like, to, saying something's a rock opera means, like, it's a very grand, like, production, like, yeah. I totally understand what you're, I mean, I never really thought about, yeah. like, the production mainly because that's, like, like, I'm the kind of person you could use, like, 16 different microphones, and I wouldn't be able to tell a difference <laughs> to any of them. Like I just know I like my shit dirty and garagey, and uh, it was just too perfect. Too perfect. Which is what they were going for. It just wasn't what I did. Interesting. You know, it's yeah. a, I just, I never thought about that, and, the, like, that's totally valid, because I do have, um, I love um, Insomniac, I love uh, Shenanigans, I love Dookie, like, and International Super Hits, which, like, isn't really an album, but, like, for our, for our sake, it counts. Sure, um, yeah. I love compilation albums. Screw it. Yeah, so, but I also, to me, like, going through, like, the records, like, my, one of my other friends, she gave me, like, a ton of old CDs, and she had, like, a bunch of Green Day CDs, and so, to me, like, all of those, like, you know, everything pre-American Idiot, like, to me, that's, like, phase one of Green Day, mm-hmm. and then once you get to American Idiot, 21st Century Breakdown, and, like, the Uno Dos and like yeah. Trey albums that were really awful. Sorry, yep. Green Day. Um, yeah. Once you get to those, <laughs> it's like Phase Two of Green Day. So I guess I never like made the comparison like which one is better and which one like is more clean cut and whatever. The the next evolution of Green Day. This right. is like yeah. this isn't even their final form. Like you know, yeah, something like that. So, but I again, I never really really thought about that, and I like that you brought it up because now I get <laughs> to think about it. Yep, I'm I'm always picky about that kind of stuff, and I don't know anything about recording or anything <laughs> like that. But I can hear what I like, and I can hear what turns me off. So I guess that's all that really matters in the end. <laughs> yeah. So I just have one more quick question, since it technically is part of this album. But did either of you go see the musical? Nope. I was going to, and then I... <laughs> my dad was like, "Yeah, we're, we can go see it," and I was like, "Rad! Like, I really want to go see it before I move to LA. Like, I think it'd be fun." And it just. Like, it never, never happened. Yeah. But I also really wanted to because, like, I've never seen Green Day live, and I really want to. And I say that that secret show that I saw in Austin four years ago is the only time I ever saw them. I um, feel like I was supposed to go to that, and then, like, I didn't know either when it was coming, or, like, sorry, what time it was, or what day it was. And then, like, I think it was probably 21 up. I don't remember. Uh, but... no, it wasn't. Oh, uh, well. No, 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 this, this wasn't South by. Oh, yeah, it was like a random being at South by though. Yeah, no, they did the Foxborough hot tub show. Yeah, Yeah, it wasn't Green Day. No, this was like um, a secret. They were it was like a secret show and they announced it at like noon and the tickets went on sale at like one. 
and it, there were like 20 bucks and uh, it was wow. like a, in November of 2011 or something and they played at uh, the venue in Austin that just closed down Red 7 out on the patio and they were they were filming a DVD for something I don't know if that ever came out or not but very cool experience and they they played some you know a little bit of everything they played some stuff from American Idiot and I mean I know the words some of those songs I sang along but it's not that album that I'm going to go back well, to that whole experience like I would have paid Lots of money to go see yeah. Green Day at the Red Yeah, Seven. and I mean, people were selling those tickets for a lot of money. Um, I mean, they, they gave out these cool little screen-printed printed posters when you got there, too, and I had people, like, offering money, me money just for those the posters that I got. Wow. So it was a really very unique experience. I think that's one of my, like, top three concert experiences ever. I'll just cool. wait. I'll just wait until Green Day magically decides what <laughs> we're going to do, because they didn't do a 10-year anniversary of American Idiot. <clears throat> that's true that's true so you well, know <laughs> I'm inter- I mean it's interesting you know that we're talking about Green Day is kind of one of those big like the bands and uh, it kind of goes into what we were wanting to talk about next um, if you look at that article that we were talking about basically guys we found uh, an older article from five years ago that talks about um, you know, band tattoos and the band that inspire them uh, so it's not like really a groundbreaking issue or anything like that um, but they, they have a list of all the bands that are you know most often to inspire tattoos and the ones you see the most and Green Day is one of them on there not surprisingly um, so we were just going to kind of discuss uh, you know how, how we feel about band tattoos and what they can mean and all that kind of good stuff just for uh, you know sharing opinions that people may or may not care about <laughs> And the tattoo that's on this this listicle more so yep. is from Green Day is the American Idiot artwork, yep. which I first of all, like I said, that album artwork is something I think of like immediately when you say American it's Idiot. It's very I think of, like, iconic. Big Red. Yeah, it's iconic, and I think people like who have really strong connection to a band that has such an iconic logo. Like we were talking just before we started recording about um, the Bayside logo, the bird, and the Law Dispute, like Lotus and. You know, people who are ICP fans get the the Hatchet Man tattooed and all that stuff. Like, people are people are really dedicated, and I think it's interesting to talk about tattoos in terms of you know, a guy who has a lot of tattoos or a girl who has a lot of tattoos. How they seem like they might fit the punk quote unquote image more versus someone who doesn't, and kind of how tattoos uh, it's like a part of your branding. You know, I think of. Yeah. You, you personal brand. <laughs> personal brand. It's a literal personal brand. Um, and the people, the, the fans who get the, the band-inspired uh, tattoos, as well as the band members who get tattoos to kind of act as a brand for themselves. Like, uh, who has it? Uh, Christopher Drew from Never Shot Never has uh, Love is the Weapon across his chest. And, like, that's something that's going to be in every photograph ever taken of him, like, as long as a shirt is, like, you know, just barely below his tattoo. But it's just... I thought it was something interesting to think about as both band members and fans are really into tattoos. I thought it was super funny when I opened that article. The very the first two that are listed, 20 and 19, they're counting down are the Rolling Stones and the Descendants. Um, my mother wants us, my sister and I, to go get Rolling Stones tattoos with her. we got to <laughs> convince her. But she wants to do it, but we still have to convince her to get it done. And then the second one um, listed is the Descendants, I Don't Want to Grow Up. And I would love to have a Milo. So I'm totally generic. I just haven't committed to it yet. But, I mean, I personally, I have a band tattoo, I guess. I have um, the words Shaw Shaw, Shaw on each wrist, um, which is Ben Queller's first album. Um, and he's always been, you know, my favorite musician. And it was more as... um 
you know, I got them as a reminder to myself of kind of what that album stands for. And the phrase Sha Sha is kind of like the whole Hakuna Matata um, of the Ben Queller world. So <laughs> it's something I always really connected with. But, you know, that it was never... Um, it was never necessarily about branding because they're, they're small wrist tattoos, but I feel like now, I mean, not now. I mean, I got them when I was 22. So like five years ago, Oh my God, I'm old. <laughs> I got them five years ago. Um, but God, tattoos are just, they've become, I feel like they've become almost meaningless. And I guess that, I mean, anyone could say that about, you know, at any point of time. Um, but at the same time, I feel very cautious you know, judging anyone else's tattoos because I have um, a giant Picasso sketch of a cat on my thigh. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. So it's, that it's is best. cat dedication. It is. Well, I was originally just going to get a Picasso piece because I'd come back from Spain, but ended up when I saw that he had a series um, of animals and he had a cat, of course I had to get it. But um, I don't know, like, I get why people get tattoos and I, you know, I, I hope that everyone goes through the same process that I've gone through when I get mine, um, you know, that they're meaningful and that it's something that you know that you will appreciate for a long time. And I think for some of the bands and stuff, like, I don't know, like, I, you know, I, I have the Ben Queller, but then I see kids getting, you know, I don't know, I, I love the Wonder Years, Wonder Years tattoos and, you know, New Fun Glory, Taking Back Sunday and all of those bands, like, Maybe those people feel the same way that I do about Ben Queller or, but you know, every now and then I look down at my wrists and I'm like, damn, should I have done that? I don't know. <laughs> so I, I mean, I'm sure everyone goes through the same process, but it's, I feel kind of weird, kind of like I'm judging when I shouldn't be uh, as far as that goes. But I mean, you look at some people and you're like, why do you have a fucking cupcake on your neck? And they're like, I, I like cupcakes. And you're like, oh. I hope you really like cupcakes forever. <laughs> or yeah. like NBA players who have lips tattooed on their neck. I'm like, really? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny so that you mentioned know. the Wonder Years because yeah. I, like, at the end of high school, I graduated in 2011. And the, uh, the Upsides came out, I think, 2010, like, earlier that year. And it was just like, right. that was like the peak of the Wonder Years, like, Tumblr core Wonder Years. Yeah. And that's what I, I think a lot about Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I like desperately wanted to hank the pigeon tattoo. Like, <laughs> I didn't, I don't know where I would have gotten it. I don't know how I would have made it happen. Cause I didn't turn 18 until my first semester of college. Nice, but I think yeah. I was, I was going to be like, like I wanted to go get a tattoo. Like as soon as I turned 18, like, because you know, I'm a basic white bitch. Like, of course yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> so so I was like, I told my parents, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this tattoo. It's going to be great. It's going to be really meaningful. But dad looks at me and he's like, yeah, you can get a tattoo. Like, I don't care. I'm just going to stop paying your tuition. So Ooh, that yeah. was really effective. But I, <laughs> going back to the point, I really wanted to hang the pigeon tattoo. And I mean, looking back, I'm really glad I didn't because as much as that album like was really influential to me and like I went to the one year's 10 year shows for the upsides, like, and I hauled ass to get there. I took a train ride to philly i was in philly for less than 20 hours like i was like i have to go to the show um slept on a really creepy hotel floor not fun would not recommend nice. but was Dedicated. still worth it yeah but um i have hanged the pigeon on the back of my high school uh graduation cap like a it was like a tiny like business cars yeah. sized picture of hank the pigeon and <laughs> like everyone's like why is there a cartoon bird on your cap <laughs> i'm like don't fucking worry about it dude it's punk <laughs> 
Yeah, personally, I only have one, I guess, technically band tattoo, but it just says Miles Don't Mean Anything, which is a song title from I Alaska, who is, uh-huh. they're no longer a band anymore. But it's still a band tattoo, though. That counts. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not one that, like, people would instantly recognize, like, recognize, oh, I know that right. song. Yeah. So it's kind of like, for me, lyrics are a little different than getting, like, a logo or album right. art or something, because that's instantly. Like, oh, that's the Green Day album art. Oh, that's the Descendants or whatever. But lyrics, it's like that can mean so many different things to everyone that it's not quite the same. You know what I mean? And I mean, it would be the same. I mean, to me, lyrics are the same thing as like getting a quote or even like, Mm -hmm. you know, in Texas, we have lots of Bible verses all over people and stuff like that. So I don't see any, I don't don't think that's any different. Like I considered getting um, a set your goals um tattoo yeah it wasn't necessarily because it was set your goals it was because i really liked and believed in what that specific what were you gonna get for. oh my god this is so um, exciting oh shit hold on i have to think about it hold on um don't honestly while you're thinking about this the, yes, one talk. of the big reasons i got into set your goals was well it's two things one was my friend put an acoustic version of echoes on a mixtape for me and yes. then in addition to that i saw a tattoo on tumblr and it was like a really beautiful five piece and I like playing cards incorporated into it. I don't know, but it said, don't let this win over you. And I was like, Oh, I really like that. And I'm like, wait, where have I heard that before? <laughs> and I fell head over heels in love with set your goals who I'm just saying, um, I live in California now. To get so back together. They get together. That would be great. Like, I down. so I really, um, I really can't thing. remember what I'd I have to, I'd have to hear the song and be like, Oh, that's it. That's it. I, I went to remember. a fraternity formal with a guy who was obsessed to set your goals, like, obsessed. Like, had, he wanted, like, a full set your goals sleeve, and he had, by the, oh time, I, by the time I was hanging out with him, we went to his formal together, like I said, and it was, like, so he's all dressed up, but I saw, it's, like, a came down to just above his elbow, and it was, like, the, it was, like, a ship, and it was, like, uh, my life, a constant work in progress, and stuff like that, and I was, like, Oh my god, yeah, I totally want to set your goals tattoo. Like, I wanted all these band tattoos in high school. I wanted... Uh, oh, yeah. Who was it? I wanted, like, the Devil Wears Prada lyrics. Like, I wanted... <laughs> serious. it was um, uh, the album with the tree on it, uh, with Roots Above and Branches Below. And I wanted, like, around my ankle, I wanted to say, turn your thoughts to the roots. And I've been talking to, like, a lot of people about it. And I talked to um, one of my friends at the time she was dating a bassist in, like, a like a Victory Rise Core band that I was really into. And she's super sweet. Like, we're still friends. She's really nice. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I love your tattoos. Like, do you regret any of them? And she's like, you know, now that, like, I'm an adult and I'm not in college anymore, like, I kind of wish I would have thought more about some of, like, my bigger pieces. Like, she has a really big flower on the back of her shoulder, and she has lyrics across the tops of her feet that, uh, her then boyfriend, like, he wrote a song about her, and she got the lyrics tattooed. And she's like, it's nice, but I don't know if I really should have had this for the rest of my life. Like, I've changed so much, which is, like, a little scary to think about. But my rule about tattoos is if you – well, someone told me this, and, like, I think it was the best advice ever. It's, ha- like, get a tattoo, whatever, but you shouldn't get it unless you, like, feel 100% comfortable telling your future children about your tattoo. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really good rule. So if you get, like, Attila, like, Franz, <laughs> like, party with the devil, pizza, trolls, <laughs> stuff, things, and you have to explain that to people, like, 
that's unfortunate and I'm really sorry for you. But if yeah. it's something meaningful that you care a lot about, like, yeah, like maybe one day you're not going to be super stoked and like you're a Picasso cat, but it helped <laughs> significant meaning for you. It wasn't like, you know, you've got. Like, I mean, it still does. Different. You know, I lived in Spain. I visited, you know, some places where Picasso lived. And that's, I mean, that's originally what the tattoo was going to be a tribute to. So uh, no matter what, that meaning's still going to be there. I just happen to also really like cats. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of it a lot of it does have to do with age though I think uh, because it's funny you were talking about you knew exactly what you wanted in high school and when I was in high school I wanted a Jesus fish on my ankle um, and I would draw it on with a sharpie and I would like trace it and outline it and do everything and now you know it's funny you know, I'm, I'm not an atheist I'm more of a deist um, but I'm very glad I did not get that Jesus fish and it's like even when I was 18, when I was old enough to get it, I still wanted that tattoo. And I just said there's so much more growth to happen and things, you know, I don't know. There are just so many different things you got to be careful about. But I think it's, especially with bands, I mean, it's in light of everything that's been happening with different bands and, you know, the things that, you know, law enforcement, blah, blah, stuff we've talked about in the past. Like that would also dedicate part of your body to this band and then find out, you know, in five or six years they're terrible people or, you know, yeah. you get the tattoo and then you meet the band and you find out they're just assholes or something. I saw I don't an know. article about that. There was a girl who yeah. got, uh, gosh, who was it? Bryce Avery. He's the rocket summer, right? Yeah. yeah. She got yeah. a rocket summer logo tattooed. And then she's like, Oh my God, I went to meet him and I showed him my tattoo and he like, didn't care. And he was actually really mean. And now I regret this. And I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. That fucking sucks. That's that like, that's one thing I think you really do have to be careful about. I mean, I don't know. But I'm, at the same time, like, it's your body. Do whatever the fuck you want. And especially now we're in an age where you can get them removed, um, you know, relatively cheaply and quicker than you could have in the past. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, that's always a reminder that you can take it off probably. Maybe not 100%, but I don't know. I think... Don't plan on taking it off. Yeah, that's that's true, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, how we were kind of saying it's like this uniform for people in the scene now that you you do this thing and you look cool and you know you value that about yourself um Mm -hmm. I mean that's cool but I just I would always hope that people who are getting tattoos are doing it for them and it's not about like showing it off to other people or anything like that um you know which is kind of why I like the idea of lyrics over a logo or a band's name um you know to pick pick what's important and what's meaningful to you rather than just getting the name um I don't know, because then it, it shows that it is for you, and that's where the meaning comes from. So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and even if you get lyrics, like, that meaning could change over time for yeah. you, but still, you know, mean something to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever done this, Caitlin, but personally, I've forgotten about my tattoo once in a while. And, uh-huh. like, I'll be showering or something, yep. and I'll be like, what is on my arm? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I did yep. that. I look at <laughs> see minor on my inner wrists and I'll kind of look down and see him out of the corner of my eye and think it's dirt or like some chocolate. <laughs> yeah. yep. you're, you're like trying to scrub it off. Yep. I'm like, oh, damn. Yep. That happens. Did that again. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like people who get impulse tattoos and they're like, oh, like I know a lot of people who have been on tour and at the end of the tour, they're like, yeah, like we're all going to get matching tattoos. Like one band I know, I can't remember who it was. I was thinking about it before we were recording and I can't remember, but this was like, three or four years ago. I saw it, like, on Tumblr ages ago. So there are a lot of the guys in the Wonder Years who all have um, good people tattoos, because that's kind of their their little group motto is, you know, good people, we're all good people kind of thing, and so I know a lot of them have that. Yeah, well, it was a band, theme. and they all got, like, 
we got matching uh, Pokeballs, like Pokemon <laughs> balls, and then God. it was like an open one, and they each had like a different character. See, I think that's great, and we're talking about how like, oh, it shouldn't be stupid. <laughs> but like, that's the thing, is like, okay, like, if you want to get a tattoo, like an impulse tattoo, like, I know a lot of my, like, I wouldn't say people, like, I know, like, as friends, but a lot of people I'm friends with on Facebook, at least, whenever there's like those Friday the 13th tattoo specials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They get one every time. They'll get one because it's like, oh, it's like, you know, 20 bucks, flash tattoo, whatever, and go And they do all it. look terrible. And they all yeah. look like they were, like, half-assed sketches on someone's, like, you know, notebook, whatever, which is fine, whatever. It's your body, your art, whatever you want to do, but people who get, like... I would like, be embarrassed. <laughs> I would be mortified. I'm indecisive enough as it is. I could never deal with that. Um, but people who get, like, like, kind of flash in the pan band logos and lyrics and stuff like i don't know it's interesting that people are so 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 immersed in something they want to get a permanent reminder of it or is it like i was reading an article that was like what tattoo artists really think and i'm like this is probably (laughs) clickbait but i'm at work and bored and i want to read it so what's the most popular tattoo that people ask for and some artists were like oh like girls want infinity symbols or arrows a lot of the guys around here I think it was a UK, like, it was somewhere in London. He's like, oh, a lot of them want pocket watches and stuff. And the last artist was like, people don't want specific, like, items or logos or quotes or whatever, but they just want stuff that looks good on Instagram. And it's stuff they've seen online and on Pinterest and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and they want to copy it, and they want to kind of be a part of that tribe. And so I feel like... Like, for example, for, like, a straight-edge, like, hardcore community, mm-hmm. I'm sure a yeah. lot of people have, like, those three X's and, like, Poison for Youth, like, you, but you know what I'm talking about, like, the yeah. straight-edge tattoos. Not to, like, yeah. stereotype all of them, but they're very common designs. And so sometimes I feel like certain subcultures fall into that, like, I know a lot of people who are really involved in, like, Indian punk and stuff, they love, like, stick-and-poke tattoos, like, really, yeah. like, DIY in someone's yeah. basement, drunk on a Thursday night type tattoos. And then there's people who get, like, Frankie from a mirror has, like, that giant neck piece and all that stuff. And I feel like there's different, like, subcultures that have different expected quote-unquote tattoos and kind of, you know, it's it's an interesting world to look at. Like, what kind of art that people brand on their body permanently and how that kind of ties into the music scene and how you see someone who has, you know, a face tattoo and you think, wow, that person should probably be in a punk band and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> It's true. It says a lot about you. You just, I guess you want to make sure it's saying what you want. Exactly. Perfect. (laughs) Well, on that note, we do have a listener question uh, this week from Caleb, who is at Dragon Mustache, badass Twitter handle. I love it. And he was wondering if we had some podcast recommendations. Um, And of course we do. Uh, We're all nerds on different levels um so i'm gonna go ahead and start off with mine i have just a few i don't have a lot of time to listen to podcasts so i'll start since mine are shorter um and they're all nerdy shit except for one which is music related so one of my favorite ones um is actually recorded in dallas which is how i first heard it it's called away with words um and it is basically a linguistics podcast where people email and call in questions about kind of the etymology of words and phrases. So stuff like, I don't know, just like goofy little sayings. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, and of course I can't. But basically it's two linguists who try to explain and kind of research for people where these phrases came from. It's a lot of like 
dialectical regionalism kind of things where it's like, well, my grandpa always said this. So very interesting. (laughs) I love language. I love linguistics. That would be my, if I go back to grad school a second time, (laughs) then it would, I would definitely go back for linguistics. So love that. Uh, My second recommendation is actually a shorter um, and it's local here to Austin. It is on iTunes. Um, It's called two guys on your head and it is a psychology podcast and it's usually pretty short um, and they just touch on stuff. Um, Last week they talked on um, like desire and how and why we desire things. Um, You know, a lot of just like personal well-being and betterment. Uh, Just really interesting, but really nice and short and just kind of makes you think. Um, Another one is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids, which is very self-explanatory. They uh, take journals and whatever, and they just read them. So I'm someone who kept a journal and have a lot of my things from when I was a kid. Um, I'd love to take part in this. Um, I like the idea of grown-ups reading things. It's kind of uh, that mortified. If you guys uh, have heard of mortified, it's very similar to that. And my last recommendation would be Washed Up Emo, um, which is a podcast done by Tom Mullins, um, who does the original Emo Night in Brooklyn. Um, and he does a lot of different things um, relating to the older emo scene, late 90s, early 2000s. Um, a lot of interviews and just uh, maybe kind of people and bands that you haven't thought about in a while. So there's kind of a different twist um, it's kind of like a throwback podcast. It's not necessarily a bunch of new music, but it's kind of catching up with older stuff. So I appreciate that. I'm very nostalgic. So Ashley, go for it. All right. Um, well, first, it should come as no surprise that I'm going to recommend Off the Record at offtherecord.fm. Shameless plug because I <laughs> do help Jesse Cannon produce that. And there's an amazing team of people on board. You know, it's a pe- people who had listened to Off the Record previously. So our team is fantastic and their contributions are amazing and you can get involved. We'd love to have listeners submit voice memos and we'll include them in the episode and you can tell us what your thoughts are and whatever the subject is for that week. And it's pretty freaking great. And you should totally check it out. Cause it's not like I'm biased or anything. Um, I also love inside music. Um, I don't, oh, my computer just decided to die. Come on. Kevin Ladman's back. He's killing my computer. <laughs> I think it's just because he's going to be on Inside Music in a few episodes, so maybe that's why. Um, Next is the Stuff You Will Hate podcast, which is actually inactive. They haven't posted a new episode since March, which I understand, because uh, Sergeant D, who runs the website, his real name is actually Finn, but anyone who sees him on the website, his name is Sergeant D. Um, He's just someone who's been in the music and the hardcore scene for, like, basically my entire life, so, like, 20-plus years. He's just his he knows hardcore inside and out it's like his family he's grown up with these people so whenever he talks to someone he's talked with ty from issues he's talked to the story so far i'm pretty sure he's talked with talked with jesse cannon a few times uh he's talked with stick to your guns he's just it's like people rehashing and reliving you know back in like the 90s and the early 2000s and lots of different ways that you didn't see the world and I know it sounds really weird but it's really good you should totally check out those episodes um I do love 100 words or less one of my all-time favorite podcast episodes of almost anything ever is the episode with John Simmons I remember listening to that at an internship it came out in like summer 2013 I remember listening to that at my internship and I was just like what he talks about like spirituality and like how that ties up with music and really really interesting 
And last but not least, I used to help with a podcast called Babe Talk, and you can get their website at babetalk.tv. And that's for basically think about what Property of Zach Showcase was, which was to bring up-and-coming bands into the spotlight, talk about their music, talk to them as people, kind of get their name out there. That's what Babe Talk is, and it's a website as well as a video podcast, and I love everyone who runs it, and if you're in a band and you're listening to this and you want to be on, they love having guests from every walk of life, any, whatever music you play, they want to talk to you, so... I'm going to cut this off because I know Deanna has a bunch of podcasts to talk about. So take it away, Deanna. I may have gotten a little excited about this question <laughs> because I am clearly the biggest nerd when it comes to podcasts out of the three of us. I'm pretty sure I subscribe to over 60 now. So... Jeez, Lou. <laughs> Damn! Well, I get to just listen to them all day at work at my desk job, so... That's true. You're very lucky. I, I can get through a lot in one day. Prime podcasting. Yes. So oh. I'm going to go ahead and start off with some tech ones. I'm not going to mention specific ones from Relay FM because they have about 16 shows or so now, and all the great shows are there. So you can get stuff on video games, Apple, Google, all, all things tech are covered over at Relay FM. And then you have the talk show with John Gruber, who is a big Apple person. He loves Apple everything. And Exponent is with Ben Thompson, his colleague James, whose last name I can't remember at the moment. And uh, Ben Thompson actually runs the tech website Stratechery. So that's kind of in addition to his content that he writes over at Stratechery. And then ATP is the Accidental Tech Podcast, and that's with John Syracuse, Casey Liss, and Marco Arment, who actually makes an app that I will be recommending later in this episode. So that's what I have as far as tech goes. If you're interested in those, those are all good places to start. For sports, the Bill Simmons Podcast is back, finally, now that he is done with his ESPN contract and... He is with HBO now, which is great because he does not have any limits on what he can or can't say on a podcast. And then there's a couple from Grantland that are going on. The Low Post is about basketball, the Grantland NFL podcast, clearly about the NFL. And then Jalen and Jacoby just got up to ESPN radio. So they are actually on Monday through Friday. And then the podcasts come out later. And Dunked On is one I was actually just introduced to. Thank you, Jack Appleby, for that. And th right now they're doing season previews for basically every NBA team before the season starts. A couple of short podcasts. There's Lore, Criminal, and Reply All. Lore is basically a storytelling one. Criminal is about various crimes that have been committed and... Quite a few of them are pretty weird, but entertaining at the same time. And Reply All kind of goes over a bunch of various things. And then, of course, for music, since we are part of the Modern Vinyl Network, you should listen to the Modern Vinyl Podcast. And the Absolute Punk Podcast is another great one. And I also back Ashley's recommendations for Off the Record and Inside Music and Caitlin's recommendation of Washed Up Emo. I do listen to those three as well. And for 
some miscellaneous ones, I listen to the Nerdist and Nerdist Writers panel, which they have various guests on all the time. I kind of just pick and choose for those ones, which I listen to. So chances are you'll find something you like. For instance, the Nerdist just had Jack Black on, and they talked a bit about his Goosebumps movie and everything. And there's a Woman in Marvel podcast, which is actually pretty great to see women in comics doing these crazy things, cool things, costume design, writing comics, because as women in music, it's kind of easy to relate to that. So if you're interested in a podcast similar to this, but in the comics world, I would highly recommend that one. And my last one, and then I think I will be done, is Back to Work, which is by Merlin Mann and Dan Benjamin. And they kind of just go over life in general, productivity, kind of like what to do to be healthier and be more efficient in your everyday life. So I think that is all I have as far as podcast recommendations go. So do you guys want to go ahead and head into our regular recommendations yeah, for the week? Let's do that. <laughs> regular recommend. That that's all. That's, all that's it. That's all I need to has. breathe. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So my recommendations this week. Um one book, one album, as always. I've been very busy. Um I've been reading something called the psychology book. Um not surprisingly. It's basically this giant book that kind of outlines the development and ideas of modern psychology. Um, and it's very easy to read. It's kind of almost like a textbook, but it's like each topic only covers one or two pages. Um, lots of graphics, really easy to read. So I've been enjoying that. It's been good to go to sleep with. Um, and then today on our road trip, my boyfriend Ram introduced me to a band called Oscar that was um, really... I'm not really popular, but really busy, I guess, making albums in the early 2000s. And we listened to their album called Idol, I-D-L-E, Will Kill. Um, and it was just like solid pop punk. And it actually sounded like something that you would maybe hear on tour with a band like State Champs or The Wonder Years, uh, maybe Knuckle Puck. Um, but really, really good. And I was just like very surprised to hear something that I wasn't already tired of after the first two songs, which is kind of how I feel with a lot of pop punk that's coming out right now. Again, maybe, maybe I'm just old, uh, but really <laughs> recommend that. I'm, we've got a link to it in the recommendations. Okay. So I just have a few recommendations. Um, the first is a song, New Friends by Pine Grove. They're on Run for Cover Records and that song just came out like a few days ago i saw it posted on tumblr through table free media really catchy bright sunny indie rock love it totally recommend it i got to see survey says play this past thursday in hollywood they were on tour with uh the promise hero and well normally the promise hero is a full band but they just had bobby vaughn out i, I really hope that's your last name bobby because if i forget it i'm gonna feel really bad because you're awesome um and he just it was just him and an acoustic guitar, and that guy's voice just pops, like, in the best way. Like, it just, it was really great. Totally recommend it. Um, Survey Says is still on tour. They are out with The Decline, a band from Australia, and I'll link the tour dates in the show notes. Um, I'm sure this isn't news to many people, but I love Asana, which is a productivity software app type thing, I guess. I'm really <laughs> technologically savvy, guys. Just yeah, it's a productivity app. Productivity yeah. app. Yeah. Um, I started using it with Property of Zach, and ironically, it's the same software that we use at work in my like real life adult job, which is really helpful. And it just 
because you can do it for like work stuff and then you can have your own personal like you know projects and to-do lists and it's just for someone who loves to-do lists and spreadsheets and calendars and reminders this thing is a lifesaver and I fucking love it and lastly I actually probably have mentioned this on the podcast before but if I have Fuck it, I'm saying it again. Um, the album Houses Gardens by a band called Worries. They're from Pennsylvania. I'm obsessed with it. It's like more like emo-esque indie rock. I, it's really like cathartic and it's just, it's so good. And I listened to it while like going on a really stressful drive home and it just kind of really calmed me down. And it's just beautiful. They have a full set up on YouTube of a recent show and I was watching it slash doing work while I was at work on Friday and it's just it's so great so I would love for you guys to check out that record and Deanna I'll take it over from here okay so I have a few recommendations this week other than the million podcasts I just (laughs) recommended (laughs) the first one is a book I recently read it's called talking to girls about Duran Duran by Rob Sheffield and basically what he does is each chapter of the book is a song from like the 80s and he basically tells a story of his life that correlates to that song and it's really interesting he's also written a couple other music books so i highly suggest checking him out i was gonna say that name sounds familiar this is like a i feel like i've read one of those books before yeah Yeah, he's great yeah love is a mixtape is his other big book um and there's a third one that i have yet to read but i have that on my list (laughs) And then, as I mentioned earlier, when I was recommending podcasts, Marco Arment has an app, and it's a podcast app, which is called Overcast, and he just released the 2.0 version. So now the app is entirely free before it was free with an in-app purchase of $5 to unlock all of the features. But basically, Marco realized that about 80% of the users, I think it was, they were using the app at the inferior level, so he just made all the features free, and you can choose to donate to him instead to like upkeep the, the app, keep updating it, add new features, and that sort of thing. And he implemented this feature called Smart Speed, so it basically takes out awkward pauses and silences that don't get edited out. And I've saved... I believe it's 239 hours just using that oh feature gosh. alone. <laughs> I've used that before. It's actually yeah. really cool. You don't realize how much time you save in those little gaps between, you know, between conversations. I but... can't even do the math. That's what, like, almost 10, that's almost 10 full days I have saved of my life. <laughs> wow. And I listen at one and a half speed, too. So to put things into perspective, I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> So I highly recommend that, especially if you like listening to a lot of shows and you want to get recommendations from Twitter, you can put in your Twitter account and anyone who uses Overcast, you'll see your followers' recommendations within the app. And I think that's really cool for finding new podcasts and new things to check out. And my last recommendation, because I am such a nerd, is Marvel Unlimited. I paid for it, oh, I don't know when, earlier in the year and... With all these Marvel TV shows and all the Marvel movies coming out, it's a great way to kind of catch up on the backstories of characters and learn a bit more before these things come out if you're interested in them. And even if you aren't and you just like comics in general, I highly recommend this. 
they don't have the newest stuff. It's about six months behind on getting new releases out, but it's still really fun to go in and find stuff to read. And you can get through comics pretty quickly, so you can definitely get your money's worth, no problem. And I believe that is all we have for you guys today. We did have a few technical difficulties, which will hopefully be a little smoother by the time you hear this. But we apologize for anything that might sound a little weird. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be releasing an interview episode next week. And we're going to be trying those out for our off weeks of recording regular episodes just to kind of... Fill in some space for you guys who maybe would rather have an episode more often than every two weeks. So again, hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time.